hello, and welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program of Masons from around the world who get together to talk about uh, Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements at all, even ones that we may allude to. Um, and um, so keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. To interact with us, we can send questions and comments to the Facebook event page or in the chat and along YouTube. So there's always good, good, fun things that happen in the chat. Just remember, your chat may show up in the show. And as always, if you can't catch us live, you can always catch us in the replay or in your favorite podcasting app. My name is John Ruark. I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. Next up, Jason Richards. Good evening. Good evening. Jason Richards here, past master of Acacia Lodge number 16 in Clifton, Virginia, and member of a couple other lodges as well. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Robert Johnson, how you doing? Oh, I'm just fine and dandy and all fired up for tonight's topic because <laughs> I'm ready, buddy. So I've had a long day, but I think by the end, you're going to get me spun up, which I love. Speaking of being spun up, Joe Martinez. How you doing, Joe? Hello, Joe Martinez. Uh, I'm in the sex dungeon. I, yeah, I'm not in the sex dungeon. I'm actually, <laughs> well, I mean, depending on how, when you travel here. So I'm in the lovely city of Nashville, Tennessee uh, for work. Um, and I'm in this weird brick uh, hotel room. So, yeah, damn glad to be here. Joe Martinez, not in a sex dungeon, past master of things and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I also too am salty, so we'll be bringing the uh, bringing the barbecue sauce to the party. This uh, totally reminds me of Nick Johnson's like basement, like where his closet, <laughs> his basement closet. Like blink twice if you're in in, in distress. <laughs> All right, uh, before we get into tonight's show, always want to give a special shout out and love to the patrons who support the show here into 2024. So thank you very much for um, much love that you bring. And the much love Lovely. we're giving back to you. So if you want to be a patron, head over to patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable. That's right. Get Joe some new toys. Uh, get Joe a desk so he doesn't have to <laughs> yeah. lay on a bed in a sex dungeon. Uh, one of those little uh, mobile, you know, those little things you put on your lap uh, to put your laptop on. You know, I'd be fine happens with that. in a weird Nashville, Tennessee hotel room. Yeah, you have Stays to pay. By, you have to pay by the hour for those things. You put unless on it's lap. bed bugs, then you take them with you. you yeah, can, you, you bring the them home. Keeps on giving. That's right. That's right. All right, it's now that time for tarot card of the week. Tarot card of the week. One of these days, we will get that timing. We'll get that timing down. All right. Um, today, we've had this on the show before. This is the pasta tarot. Because oh. who doesn't love a nice side of carbs with their evening divination? Mm -hmm. Nashville, is I've, I've learned, is all carbs. This is a carb city. Okay. They all need to throw in some protein or something every now and again. Like, it's ridiculous. I am nice. swollen and tired, but glad All to be right. here. Go run a marathon. No. <laughs> I had to put my stretchy oh, pants on. <laughs> get your gas X. Poor Joe's bloated. All right. And 
Our tarot card. Ooh. Tarot card for the evening is the Ace of Lunga. Lunga being Ooh. long pasta. And Ooh. so this is the Ace of Swords. Oh. Oh, would be a swords. Interesting. Yes. I totally had that marked as a wand, but I could see that. Ace of Swords. So now the talking. wands are the corta or the short pasta. Uh-huh. Mm. So swords are Martinez of pasta. Uh intellectual, they are breakthroughs, uh mental clarity, um, intellectualism, new ideas, things, new beginnings. Things we're gonna talk about the opposite of this evening. Yes. yes. <laughs> Funny yeah, how it works out that way. It can't be total breakthrough because you can't break pasta, otherwise somebody's mind. Don't break pasta. Up. That's yeah. true. Yep. Nice. Don't break your pasta, Americans. All right. So it's in the pan better. No. How else am I supposed to microwave it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's talking like about making tea through the microwave. Yes. Let's talk the about the best tea. way to make tea. Let's talk about tea. So tonight's topic, freedom of the, the press, the British edition. <clears throat> the one British listener we have just like broke his earphones. Nice. Tonight's topic is about freedom of the oh. press in a Masonic context, right? Um, let's let's start off things by saying, just in case you didn't know, it's 2024, and more and more Freemasons than ever are on social media, which means they have an opinion and they are glad to share it. So um, that comes at a cost, that comes at a benefit. Uh, we do get to have, share in this beautiful global fraternity. And yet, not everybody's opinion um, is always the best opinion, nor um, uh, does it. Uh, uh, doesn't always end well. Today, we're also going to take the opposite side, which is that there is a benefit there of having free speech um, uh, within a public forum, because we are not without fault. We are as a large organization. You may have things that need to be shared. And so um, more than ever, we also have the opportunity to share more information, still keeping our obligations, but really sticking to um, facts and, and getting, getting the truth out there. So we'll, we'll pull that thread a little bit as we go. Joe? No, I mean, let's, let's, let's set the guardrails here. I mean, I think, yeah. number one, I'm very excited about the show tonight, even though we're going to talk about some things that are potentially scathing, mm -hmm. right, to, to certain people. But we have to set the guardrails here and, and you've kind of touched on it, John, Sure. where we're, we all keep in mind that we have to, uh, as Jason likes to say, remember our oats and, uh, our obligations and no, remember your oats, Jason. but, um, there's really nothing in anybody's Masonic obligation that says you have to do things like, uh, allow brothers to be hurt physically and emotionally, um, you know, to, Mm -hmm. uh set up uh places of power and positions of power where you're you're free from the democratic process you know like it's there's nothing you know people like to always throw that well remember your obligation um you know if there's bad stuff happening there's nothing in your obligation that says you're not allowed to talk about it or do something about it or be a force of change and, but the secrets uh, of Freemasonry extend to Grand Lodge dirty laundry, Joe. <laughs> no, but no, they don't. That's, that's <laughs> right. That's what uh, we have to. 
Good catch. That's what we have to define here, right? It's not. So just because you're a Mason doesn't mean you can do not nice things and get away with it and and throw out the whole obligation argument. That, that means nothing, you know, and it's, mm. it's a it's a flaccid way to to throw out the obligation argument. Um, I just wanted to get the word flaccid in there um, <laughs> once, but no, and we're not going to talk about any specific place or people or anything, but we're just going to talk about the things that we as social human beings that now have platforms to connect to one another where I can talk to Robert, even though he lives very far away from me, or I can see Jason all the time without being a next door neighbor. This is the world we live in now and we got to deal with it. Oh, it's a world we've been we've been living in for for quite some time, but uh, yeah, to to foot stomp that we're not we're, the intent of this show is to have a philosophical argument, not to like throw mud. Right. So first up, first up for the mud throwing. Uh, yeah. I, I, I do want to say like, the stage. Oh man, though, too. we just lost half our viewership. <laughs> oh no! This is oh, going to no. be so juicy. <laughs> Um, All three do, of them. I wanted to to add though that like having information get leaked out there uh, that is really nothing new to the fraternity, right? So I, I think I remember back in like in the early two thousands, there was a website called MasonicLeaks.com, and yep. there there were people that were anonymously, not unlike WikiLeaks, posting information that they had or copies of things that weren't supposed to get out again nothing that were violating obligations no secrets of masonry were got got out but something that you know was probably harmful to another party and they just wanted to expose this to say hey this isn't right people need to see this and then hopefully be a force for change whatever that looks like yeah uh, I, I think well, also I, i'm seeing a lot of things in the chat over here that i see you know things like they say opinions right and mm. the thing about opinions is that right yeah everybody has an opinion um however you know if, if you're really thinking about what we're talking about this evening is uh you know the freedom of the press um free speech uh whether you're you know employed by an organization who is private or whatever the the whole idea is that there has to be some sort of modality for one to be able to stand up for the right thing without the fear of some kind of retribution now regardless of the institution freemasonry based on its moral and ethical uh thing that it's supposed to have right is not immune to this, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't have things like uh, anonymous reporting of what happens in Grand Lodges as to, for that person who had to report it to avoid being, uh, you, know, you know, catching some kind of a consequence like being removed from office or being brought expelled. up on sonic charges or being expelled, right? And the thing is, is, um, it's very, and you can ask many, many, many people this today. Um, grandmasters in the United States, overwhelmingly, I don't care who the grandmaster is. Like I'm going to lump them all in with this. Uh, on average, there are more expulsions that happen than investigations where a brother continues his membership after he's been accused of something. So like willy nilly, there's a lot of expulsions that just get handed out 
all the time and for weird things that shouldn't, you know, that shouldn't happen for. And I think a lot of that comes back to, you know, that guy doesn't stand for this or he spilled the beans on this or whatever the case have you. But Robert, I thought that the freedom of the press was a constitutional right that we have in America. Yep. So as a district deputy grandmaster, I was told after posting a Facebook meme, which was in line with the Grand Lodge position, I was just joking that we failed to get something passed. Uh, I was told to take it down, and I was told, you have free speech as an American, but as a Grand Lodge officer, you don't. Well, it's... it's that's, that's correct. Right. That's a super interesting dynamic, right? It's, it's, I was you know, a employee of the Grand Lodge, right? I mean... So I was like, all right, fine. So I took it down. But the point being like any regular Joe Schmo member could have posted that. And would they have caught the same flack? Probably not, but they'd be on a blacklist for sure. <laughs> well, it's, it's this, what I was going to say was it's this weird dichotomy, right? We are all free thinkers, right? And we espouse all these amazing things, right? Like charity and brotherhood democracy and justice and all this Mm -hmm. great stuff. Yet we are part of an Yeah, we don't know what half those words mean. Well we do. The four of us do incorrectly. But we're part of this autocracy, right? We're not Freemasonry is not a democracy. There's nothing democratic about the process. It is a It is a sometimes benevolent dictatorship. Right. We have a person we put in charge for a defined period of time. And in most cases, they get to do whatever they want, honestly. You know, so it's this weird. Which, yeah. And in the so there's a whole lot of, there's a lot of problems with that, Joe. I think, and I think we all know that. Um, but like logic would dictate that. How could you suspect a brother who has made it into some position of authority to abuse such authority. How dare you even bring up such an audacious idea? And yet what it happens, right? Here we are. It happens. And when people air those grievances, there are retributions. Well, again, it, it goes back to the whole, again, we're not, we're not a democracy. We, espouse democracy and we love democracy and we fight for democracy wherever we can right everybody's on the level everybody's equal that's really nice uh, as a tenant of freemasonry but in terms of the oh did i offend rj yeah um damn it rj but um he said he quit the show he's done oh no um but to that point it's it's you know it's really a struggle for me to understand how we've become so comfortable with this like you said, benevolent dictatorship and year after year after year, we're okay with it. And we just kind of like, well, well, it'll be over in a year or this person won't be around anymore. You know, most that of the of time thing. it doesn't have any real consequence, but more and more, you know, lately it has had consequence. And maybe this stems from like, you know, Darren Laners has got this really interesting idea that I think he's going to start writing about. And it's kind of like this juxtaposed between the new school and old school, which is causing all kinds of kerfluffles and, you know, guys who are in power today or tend to be on that old school still. And there are consequences for attempting to do things that you think are the right thing. I mean, I posed the question, um, 
I attempted to, this, this story doesn't matter. You know what? I'll just say that if the grandmaster says that the sky is green, the sky is green. You can't argue it, even though you can look outside and see that it's blue because the grandmaster has like this intent of the, the ability to say, change the code, interpret the code, I should say. Mm-hmm. And like, this is part of the problem. Like there's too much power there. And well, I, I, you have to have some way to keep that power in check. I well, yeah. I mean, number one, you're absolutely right. And number two, I think this is going to get John get his gears turning. You know what? What I find really interesting is you know, uh, you know, my own personal experience uh, spending a good almost decade in a military setting, right, and understanding the the rules of leadership in that environment, and then being in corporate world for a long period of time a whole different set of rules when it comes to leadership, right? Then you go into masonry and to be quite frank, you've got these modes and styles of leadership that they stopped teaching in business world in the seventies and eighties, right? So, you know, we've got these leadership models and the ways that we build leaders up in Freemasonry and I'm using air quotes really hard there. Um, these are outmoded forms of leadership when it I mean, the military isn't even doing stuff like that anymore. You know what I mean? And neither is the government and neither is the private sector. Um, you know, so every time when I hear things like leadership come up when it comes to Freemasonry, I'm like, okay, what stuff from the eighties are we going to drag up again and, and bring up? Right. Because yeah. it's just outmoded ways of thinking. And, and to your point, it really is a old school versus new school thing. And unfortunately I don't think it's a generation gap, right? Because I know tons of dudes in their fifties and sixties and seventies that use modern leadership tactics to right. run very good organizations, you know? So it's not an age thing. It's, um, it's a mindset thing. Exactly. Yeah. No, I will say, you know, the more astute of those in the comments and those of you probably following along after this do realize that the freedom of the press, as it relates to the first amendment, the constitutional right only applies to the government. And the it's same the, with freedom of speech. It's the constraint on the government. Specifically, the First Amendment of the United States uh, says, uh, Constitution says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably, peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So that's where that's where it comes from. It's, it's a constraint on the government not any other organization, right? Whether it be your family life, right? Whether it be your job, whether it be your fraternal organization, you name it, um, your furry club. I mean, Jason, <laughs> Jason's experienced that. Yeah. Right? So that these are all, all things that can tell you to not talk, right? They can constrain your speech um, or deal the consequences, the repercussions of which being you might be banned from membership. You might be kicked out. Yep. Virginia and, is an at will employment state. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Same with Illinois. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but so, like, this, there are multiple lawsuits that exist today which protect things like whistleblowers and protect people from, um, you know, they give them anonymity and legal protections. And that's important. Because, as you said, this applies to the government's ability to censor. Uh, UNESCO has great uh, content on, you know, talking about the threats to freedom of the press, um, reportings on violence, disinformation, and censorship that go on through the media. 
and um, like they they list laws and things that are that are popping up in state after state after state that are challenging uh, the press's ability to cover anything. And I mean, even right now, you can look at something like uh, over in Gaza right now. The only people who could report from Gaza were the people in Gaza. Like only, I think it was last week or the week before did um, the forces over there say that other, you know, countries or whatever could enter the, the area and begin to report freely. Um, there's just so much that is at stake for these things, for reporting and what could be at stake. But you think that's huge, right? That's globally. We're talking about in this instance, the freedom of the Masonic press. Right. And, What's wild to me about this is it feels like we have to acknowledge a few things. Number one, uh, one of you guys, I think John was like, shocker, social media exists. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I think back to my early Masonic years when I learned from brothers and they would tell me, yeah. Uh, you're a master mason. We recognized the Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Illinois. We don't recognize, so Oklahoma at the time did not recognize Prince Hall Grand Lodges. So because we were in amity with Oklahoma, I could not speak to Prince Hall brothers from Oklahoma. Coincidentally, was a lot of military brothers because Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Oklahoma had uh, constituted many military lodges overseas and whatnot. And so I'm like, so what do you mean? They're like, you can't talk to them. And I'm like, like, I can't talk about masonry. And they're like, no, you can't talk to them. And I'm like, what? You sound like you're kind of reaching way outside of your boundaries there, buddy boy. And so there's like these expectations of like our inability to even communicate with just a regular bro from another state to talk about what's happening, which doesn't seem right. to matter. But the second those things get put on Facebook, Oh, look out, you know, the people are talking. You can't, you can't, you know, you got to keep everybody siloed. So nobody knows what the hell's going on. And this is the, this is a, a huge problem, right? It's All a right. forced so, separation. We're equal. I get off my high horse for a minute. Well, well, let, let me put a counterpoint, right? Um, which I don't necessarily agree with, but a good debate tactic is to see if you can defend the opposite agreement, which is um, because of the nature of the work, let's just say that there is some information that the Grand Lodge does not want to reveal yet or, or wants to reveal at a later time because some things may need to, they might need to get evidence for a Masonic trial. They might have something that's a deal hasn't come through yet. Right. Is there, you know, what's the decorum that goes with preserving some sort of information that may not be available uh, or should be shared with the larger group? So I liken that to like proprietary and confidential information. Sure. Right? If mm -hmm. you think of masonry as a business, oh my God, he said that fast. <laughs> Simmer down. It's fine. If you think of masonry as a business, then. Yes, there's a reason why we don't let anyone into our lodge meetings. That's where we pay our bills. That's where we talk about our finances, right? And so there are certain, you know, there are certain categories of information, whether it be, you know, considered trade secrets or 
confidential financial information or or things along those lines. PII, right? It, mm -hmm. Yes, personally identifiable information. Uh, in the case of the almoners, protected health information, right? That that shouldn't necessarily um, be leaked. Yes. So I was going to, yeah, I, was, I think you, you touched on all the important ones. I think if we're arguing this side of the conversation too, I mean, we do have to contend with the fact that we've said it multiple times. Freemasonry is a private organization, right? It's not, it's not a secret society. It's a society with secrets, right? Another bumper sticker line for you there, but to, to your point, there is, I, I think we need to distinguish between the work like John said, and the administration of the organization, right? They're two separate things, right? So which part of that is should be behind closed doors and not make it its way to the public and which part is okay. So, yeah, I um, mean, I think it goes without saying, I mean, like where you're coming from are exact. like the second we propose the idea that transparency is, is the way to be. Like if I was going to say that online, I just say flat out, the first thing people do is they say no way and they cite exactly what you're talking about. However, that's not what I'm talking about being transparent about, right? In, in this, and, and even when you tell them that it doesn't stop them from injecting that same sort of argument to problems of abusive administrative leadership. Right? right you oh you can't do that because whatever right and the the problem still it's it's like dude this isn't north korea so you know i'm, I'm not gonna say that uh um if i witness some mason abusing a kid at a children's home that is a masonic children's home i'm gonna say something right and i'm not gonna be right. quiet about it either Mm -hmm. I don't really care who knows, you know, uh, because it's public record or it's like all of those. Uh, kinds but of Robert, think of, think of this brother's family. Like we don't want uh, to. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, hey, look, man, uh, I don't are. care. That was sarcasm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I know. Everybody yeah. know that was sarcasm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But like a great example of something that happened even recently, this isn't masonry, right? But uh, NPR's local station, WBEZ here in Chicago, did an independent um, uh, investigation relating to charges of sexual harassment against underage and of age women working for the Chicago Park District as lifeguards. Mm. Decades of abuse amongst their lifeguards. They had, they, had, they had made the complaints. They pushed him up the ladder and nothing happened until the public knew about it. Public tax dollars right. paying for people to be able to be employed as lifeguards. So. And they're complaining. They're getting abused. And nobody cares until the public finds out. And now, all of a sudden, administration has to, like, fix it. Before right. you get to that, Joe, right, I think you put bring up a good point. This just proves this is one of many examples of where 
having some transparency in the or bringing the issue to light right um can actually institute the change that hasn't happened through normal channels official channels but there you have to be wary of the court of public opinion oh yeah because court of you, public opinion is always right mm -hmm. all right joe yeah so i want to i wanted to circle the wagons back to uh so zach writes I will keep a Master Mason's secrets as my own. If the Grand Lodge swears you to secrecy for OPSEC purposes, then that is part of your Master Mason's oath. Nope. I'm sorry. I yeah. absolutely wholeheartedly disagree I, with that. And, and I just want to pull this. I saw this and like, I, what's I, I the... think it's coming from a good place, I feel like. Sure. But I just want to, I got to, I got to pick apart this a little bit. So, you know, the, the things that you keep as a secret as a Master Mason, they're somewhat defined, right? And it doesn't include um, acting in a bad way towards another brother, doing something that skirts the legal limits of, of right doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't think of a single operational security purpose where it would be okay to uh, let those things slide, right? If people are, are, are committing wrongdoing and you know it's wrong, your obligation doesn't uh, protect you from that. Right. Nor should it. And, and I think, again, we're, we're getting back to the whole purpose of this, this show this week is that we live in a very social and connected world. As much as people don't want to argue that point, it's 2024. Well, we I don't want anyone connected. knowing what's going on in my jurisdiction. I just want you to know <laughs> right. that, Joe. <laughs> well, what, what happens okay. in Virginia stays in Virginia. Well, well listen, we there are brand lodges that that want to want to pull back on that a little bit, right? Like sure. you're seeing, it's interesting. You're seeing jurisdictions on social media. They're either they don't care or they don't know what's going on, right? Because people are not on social media, or the people that are on social media, they live in their own little echo chamber, right? Where they're all saying the same things to each other, but the right people aren't getting to hear that or they hear it from second or third hand sources, which I think is, I suspect it's happening quite a bit. And then you have ones that are seeing what's happening on social media and they're pulling back and like, well, we need to stop socializing on social media and, you know, just put our calendar up and stuff like that. And that's what social media is for now, you know, to tell us I, where the next crab roast is. Yes. We were at a leadership. I was not, let me not say that. Not we, uh, a good friend of mine was at a leadership conference for his district and it was mandated that he go to this thing. And so he went and uh, brother B M was leading this Owl movement. No, no, no. Yeah. I can't say his name. I just say B M. This doesn't stand for bound movement and is not a, uh, a placeholder for how I feel about the individual. Um, this particular brother stated something like, the secrecy of a master Mason and how far does it extend and into what circumstances, right? And this guy stood up and he said, flat out, if her brother is cheating on his wife, keep it a secret. If he's going to kill his wife, tell the cops. Hmm. And while I was like, that is like almost literal to what, our particular obligation says regarding murder and treason. However, yeah, no, I don't want that kind of a man in my fraternity. So, right. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm good, probably well just going to be like, Hey man, I'll whisper good counsel and I'll be like, listen, I can't support you in this. 
And, uh, you know, of course, whisper the good counsel. Yeah, I'm not gonna, just going to go calling up his wife and causing a, a storm for this guy. No, yeah. you know, whisper the good counsel. See, give them an opportunity to do the right thing. And then, you know, take a step back and let the, let, let the chips fall where they may. But, like, it's those kinds of examples, right? Bad examples. And it's like we're almost enabling bad behavior. Well, there you go. Um, so one counter argument to that is what you have there in your, your lower third there is transparency, right? That you could be a proponent for transparency in most dealings, right? Um, we have a communications problem, even for the good things we want to share up and down the chain of command and masonry. But, uh, imagine if with certain guardrails in place, we actually had a, a very transparent, um, administration such that for everything except um you know things that were in the ritual that were, were actual secrets of masonry and things that were like we talked about earlier pii health um <clears throat> those types of information or like things that are related to as i call them the red rules um, safety and law so in other words that can get someone hurt or get someone in jail all of those aside, those should be kept kept private and secret. But everything else, what if we had a more transparent um, administration where those types of things were not being held back? Where or, you know, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be you know very clear about what our intentions are, and here we're gonna make sure that everything's posted publicly, or at least within the public of of that jurisdiction, so the bro the brothers can chime in and, and weigh on that. I, I think it's sorry. Go ahead, Jason. I was going to say, I think, I think that particular jurisdiction would have a much more mature sense of reputational risk. Yeah. It's a right? risk for sure. It's, well, it's, well, no, but, but they would have a much more mature attitude about right. it. And Hopefully. I, I, my hope is there would be much more of you know, a, a risk assessment on, okay, what are the implications of us putting out this policy or making uh, this change? Yeah. You literally, you literally made my point for me from, from the opposite standpoint. Cause I was going to say uh, <laughs> the exact, I, I was going to say the exact opposite. Everything that John said cannot work with the current models of leadership that Ooh. most Freemason organizations use in today's day and age. It's just not Correct. designed for that. Not designed for that. Say more about ultimately that. Ultimately film. So, Correct. right. Explain that further. Okay. So for, I would say, I can't speak to, um, you know, I'd say the last hundred years, let's call it. Right. Because we have numbers and data and figures on that. Right. We we've, the organization itself has been through very big changes, right? We went from the dinner club era to the you know uh place for uh people coming back from war to go socialize era to the big skip era where people's kids did not become freemasons right so then there became that generational gap and then we've got your basically born again freemasons right post 2000 right where everybody's coming back to a lot of the original purposes of the craft so we've been through changes as as a body but what hasn't changed is the method and form of leadership and structure that our grand jurisdictions are living under, right? And they're becoming really heavy. And the pillars, 
you know, i.e. the membership is not designed as it's dwindling and dwindling and shrinking and refining as like people, some like to call it, some people like to call it. It's not designed to carry that weight anymore. Right. So you've just got overarching autocracy for a sm smaller and dwindling population. And it's, it's not going to sustain itself anymore. Right. But that same group of autocratic folks, right. The people in the inner circle, they don't want transparency because they haven't had it and they've not seen anything like it in a century. So, and they like being able to do anything they want in their year. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. It's good to be King. Yeah. Well, you know good what happens when something so uh, silly and egregious happens within a grand jurisdiction that all of in a sudden, we have NPR coming aboard reporting on things like this. Like. And you guys, you guys see it or no? Yeah. Right? And so this is the kind of negative press that happens. And yet, do you know what happened because of this? where five jurisdictions wrote letters condemning those jurisdictions, allowing those jurisdictions, their constituencies to know that we stand behind you as a good man. Outside of your jurisdiction. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Full stop. And you can come, you can come play in our sandbox all day. And so this is the kind of idea of something that, I'm absolutely positive a Grand Lodge would have loved to stay, you know. Yeah, were it not for that, what would have been the al the alternative scenario, right? Well, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm stuck where I'm at. I don't know about my options that are available. I don't know how other jurisdictions do it because we all talk about pro provincial masonry. That's right. Well, I guess that's the way masonry is. And, and I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who see those sort of regressive um, anti-human policies mm -hmm. and say to themselves, that's an organization that doesn't even need to exist anymore. And, 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 that, and, and the that membership hurts. dwindling is speaking for itself. Well, what, what chaps my butt really hard about what you just said, Robert, was... Was that we bad you're sitting on? Literally, this bed is terrible, by the way. Um, <laughs> this is not a comfortable place to be. No, honestly, what, what you just said that really drives me batshit, sorry, is we're literally the organization that started a nation based on human rights and based on human freedoms and, uh, you know, based on equality for all. And in some jurisdictions, we do the exact opposite. That just that, that makes my hair fall out. So, and I have none left. So, I mean, you what happened got to on us? The back. I witnessed a shoulder here from your goatee just kind of flutter away. It just, it just the gray one, the one gray one. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I will, I'll be the kind of weird. So right now, at any given point in masonry, uh, if you are as involved as some of us are, um, on a national level, 
meaning you're a member in different jurisdictions. You talk to members daily from jur- different jurisdictions. Uh, you've got a group chat with, you know, the top 10, your favorite Mason buddies in different, you know, areas or whatever of the country. You're all talking about all of the crazy things that are happening at any given moment. And these guys are your advocates. You know, they, they keep you from going insane. And of course, being connected to a lot of these people, you guys have all seen, and I mean, you guys online watching just as much as anybody else who's on the show, see the crazy stuff going on right now. I mean, we won't get into any names or anything, but Texas Facebook page is crazy. Um, the Northern Jurisdiction stuff is crazy from Hodap's blog. I mean, things right now are, there's a whole lot of reporting going on. A little jurisdiction right to my east may or may not be going crazy. I, <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. It's just crazy. Yeah. And um, I think if we, if members don't know what's happening in the jurisdictions around them, I think that's like terrible. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's pull that thread and... Let's say that we, you do have a member who does have inside information who is willing to expose some things that are just not, not fair deals, not square deals, not things that are really not unmasonic, but at least unfair and unbrotherly at a minimum. And then, of course, you know, possibly legal at maximum. I think it's, it's worth noting, too, that there's gonna, you're, you're going to have divisive um, splits in the fraternity where you may have people who are going to support those who are being protected. Hey, that's information shouldn't be out. We're not ready for that. Let's not talk about that. And you're going to have another half that's going to say, yes, bring on more tea, bring on more information because this information needs to get out there and let the cards fall where they lay, right? That if, if it's really meant to be then it's meant to be and then we need we need this information to make better informed decisions um but also realize the exposer is taking a huge risk right no because 100 there's nothing that that at the stroke of a pen grandmaster couldn't say you're expelled you're you're, you're gone bro later see ya but that's kind of like that's you know that was like the bob lazar uh excuse from back in the early 90s late 80s when bob lazar was like i gotta go public about what i know about area 51 otherwise i'm gonna be taken care of right so in this same instance i know there are brothers out there who have quote unquote spilled tea as an insurance policy right because then everybody would know like hey he said some things those things were shown to be accurate and well-founded. And now I know things about X number of brothers, whether in leadership or not, that prove them to be not good men. And for us in the fraternity, that's not a good spot to be, fellas. No. So Mm -hmm. now the constituency is looking at people who might have climbed some ladder Maybe they had all the best, you know, well intentions. What's the saying, right? The best road to intentions was, I don't know. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Of course. Yeah. And, and it's, it happens that way sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's not, I'm sure it's not every white collar thief's uh, 
uh, intent to become an embezzler. It just kind of happened. Pennies turned into dollars. Sometimes my wife brings home three pens from work because they're stuffed in her hair. Uh, then she's got to return. <laughs> I trapped him fell into a suitcase three. full of money. <laughs> <laughs> Office space. Uh, <laughs> Fractions of a penny. Fractions of a penny. <laughs> oh, I got the decimal point wrong. So I think ultimately you're never going to stop people from talking. But through all of this, I think something, John, you've been bringing us back to, and Jason, with your commentary on, on government stuff as well, like, we're not free from the consequences. Right. Bingo. Exactly. 100%. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Say whatever you want. You're just going to be held accountable for what you say. Mm-hmm. Correctly or incorrectly. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to that point, Jason... What, what you say or what you push back against may be 100% correct, and you could still get expelled. Yeah. So that is oh. a risk as well. We're, we have almost <clears throat> 10 years worth of documented video evidence um, <laughs> of you know at least seven or eight Masons saying not super... Uh, not super awesome things from the standpoint of like, not, Hey, all uh, we've ever done, all we've ever done Speak is call it like it is. So, yes. yes. You know, if you got a problem with somebody telling the truth, Oh man, you know, I seem to remember so many political posts on Facebook in the last few years, misquoting Carl Sagan that uh, uh, if it can be destroyed by truth, it deserves to be destroyed by the truth. So Carl Sagan didn't say that, but uh, people love saying that anyway. And I find that kind of a great saying. And um, you know what? Even if it's Freemasonry, because I think truth is nothing more important than that. And, uh, Ultimately, if you're a warrior for truth and you're putting it out there, uh, you know, what did Chris say in his blog? Sometimes like uh, something about being a martyr. And uh, I don't know. Go read Hodap's blog. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, there is a reason why we did Masonic News as a, you know, as a segment on the show for the first several years. Um, Until it got too hot. And then. Yeah, it's going to be spicy. The reason why the first week we were like, okay, for episode 100, we're going to do racism. And then two years later, episode 100 happened, and it was a panel on racism in the craft, right? Yeah. Because that doesn't happen. No. No. Freedom of the press, not freedom from the press. Right. Yep. All right. So uh, given that, given that context, we've covered a wide area here, but I think we've, we've made several points. Yes, we're not going to call any jurisdictions or people out in particular, um, but hopefully you see examples of this, uh, either in your jurisdiction or in other jurisdictions. That well, hopefully can... you don't see examples of this, right? Uh, yeah, that's fair. I was thinking of at least uh, bringing things to light that need to be brought to light. That's fair. That's that's where I was going with that, right? Uh, 
hopefully it's already out there, but um, if not, those things that need to be exposed can get exposed. Um, in the concept of Robert's transparency vision. So let's uh, let's go around for final thoughts, and we'll start with Jason. And the I guess the question of the day is, um, let's see, with regard to freedom of freedom of speech, freedom of the press, um, how like what's the what's the balance that needs to be considered between? I'm, go ahead. You're saying you're going to say. Nope, go ahead, finish your question. Okay, what's the balance that needs to be considered uh, between something that uh, should be exposed or should remain private? Go for it. Uh, I'm going to give you the ultimate consulting answer. It depends. depends. It depends. Um, for me, the the boundary really is... Oh, Stop shuffling cards. You can hear that? Yes. Yes. Okay. The boundary for me is when um, brethren or potential brothers are actively being harmed physically, emotionally. Um, like when, when, you know, you have brethren, you know, embezzling money from Masonic widows or, um, you know, you have good men who are being, you know, held in limbo in lodge membership because of the color of their skin. Um, those are, those are extreme examples, but when an organization that's based predicated on good men, making better men turn around and harm those within their care, um, that's a problem. And that's, and that's a huge problem. It's it's the ultimate betrayal of our of our aim, and for me, that really becomes an issue. Fair enough. Good good call. Uh, let's see, Joe. Where's the balance? Wow, you called me before Robert. Shocked. Um, well. Here's the rub. I, I don't think there there can be a balance the way that our fraternity is structured right now. I, I don't think there can be. Um, but we're at that tipping point, right? We're 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 refining, you know. And I definitely am in the camp of of refining membership, not uh, dwindling membership, right? Because again, you can't have three hundred and fifty friends, best friends, right? Um, and I think we're starting to see the effects of more masonry happening at the local level and being a, a force of change um, within its jurisdictions. I think that's starting to happen now. I think we've probably got about another 10 years before it really hits the tipping point. But 
or 2040, whichever comes first. But um, I think that I, I just don't think we're designed to. I'm pretty sure 2034 is going to happen before 2040. What happens in 2034? 10 years. Math. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah. yeah. Okay. Go, go back to consulting or something. Shut up. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I think that, like I said, it, it, you I only $500 for this five minutes of work. Mm, be the change. No, I think that uh, you can pay me and change. He's interrupting again. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So everything that I said is yes. And uh, Jason has totally taken me off my point. So, but yeah. Um, yeah. If you're doing really bad crap, you should get called out on it. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are, or what color apron you have. Um, you know, if you want to go back to the, we take good men and make them better, then be a good man. Um, don't be a scumbag and things will work out fine. And we won't complain about you and peace and love, peace and love. Good call. All right, Robert, where's the balance? Uh, I'm going to put the balance in the, uh, the, if you draw a line in the sand, like on one side, you're good. And the other side, you're a scumbag. I think that's, that's it. No, <laughs> uh, I, I think what, uh, Oh, Wheaton's law. Nice. Yeah. Got yeah. It. What, what Jason and Joe have both said, uh, ring very true for me. Um, I, I would make some caveats and just not, not to what they said, but to my statements in this, this uh, week's program is that number one, if there's a problem, what is that problem? Uh, to go to Jason's point, if somebody is being harmed mentally or physically or otherwise, then that's something that needs to be uh, addressed immediately by going straight to the top. And if nothing happens there, then you need to take that to wherever it is supposed to go, whether that's uh, legal or the police or, you know, the public who, can, I, you know, whatever. But I would say that number one, uh, of course, we want to sort of solve things in house. So, we want to whisper the council. We want to run it up the chain if nothing changes. And if nobody, if nothing happens, right, then exposing content to like a wider scope of people within or without an organization is at least in my mind, this sort of last resort, which is not limited to say contacting the actual press, sending something to a newspaper anonymously or you know putting something out there in the in the public sphere or the private public sphere you know somewhere like a facebook uh -huh. group but ultimately i think the line comes down to uh, it it is really as simple as is the conduct masonic or not if it's unmasonic conduct and it's reported and nothing happens, then something needs to happen. And whatever that is, is in your hands. You know, uh, the people who do nothing about something are just as guilty as the people uh, who are doing the thing. Uh, there was an instance of, uh, you know, I, I mentioned sexual abuse earlier. That's a true story. And uh, I know the people who decided to not act on that. And uh, in my mind, they're guilty individuals. Wow. Yep. Still, still great and, and powerful Oz's 
So, you know, yeah. What did somebody say? Be the change earlier? Yeah, do that. Hey, embezzling from a Masonic widow. Jesus. That happens. I'm, sure, I'm sure we have a, a few other examples here, but yeah. yeah. So again, we're not without fault, but the whole point is to get a little bit better. So yeah. Yeah. Good, good call. Let's not, let's not end on a low note though. Uh, let me, let me bring it in and say, okay. Uh, part of my job is like change management. And so you've heard me allude to these things that are red rules or blue rules, right? So if you're, if you're making big changes, you're trying to disrupt an organization, um, you want to consider what are those things that are red rules, things that are affect, affect, um, uh, health, uh, safety and, and, and like law, right? Again, if someone's going to either going to get hurt or someone's going to go to jail. And then those are things that you really shouldn't touch and push up against, right? Those are things that you have to protect. Um, things again, like, like PII and that kind of information as well. Obviously we have the secrets of Freemasonry. Let's keep those guarded as well. And then yet you have the blue rules. It's everything else, right? That's all these other policies, ways of doing things, uh, hierarchies, um, protocols, things that, um, could be up for reevaluation to, to change and push back on and, and to, to fight against. But what I think we're really talking about, and, and I think RJ alluded to it earlier, it may have been Joe, which is it's really at this point in the game, a different leadership style than what was traditional administrative Freemasonry that um, when you, when you focus on, being transparent when you focus on starting with the truth when you when you take the leadership style of um i may not and may not have all the answers but i'm going to share what i have and what i can share and be transparent then i think you'll get much more um trust you'll get much more institutional um support if you are upfront about it and so i think part of what we've got to today is where as was mentioned earlier most of the by Masonic law structure that we have in place prohibits the amount of radical transparency that a lot of people who are familiar with good leadership practices, I'm not even going to say new Masons or young Masons or anything like that. Just again, people with common sense that know that uh, we've, we're shifting away from the knowledge is power type of leadership style to a uh, sharing is caring, right? It's a need to share versus need to know. And so if we can focus on that and help institute that change, then we won't need to worry about uh, MasonicLeaks.com. We won't need to worry about whistleblowers. We, we can actually focus on doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do, not because um, we're in power and we want to make sure that uh, we keep that power constrained to a select few who needs to know. So chew on that. This has been a really good show. Um, very nuanced way of looking at it. That's a good wow. mic pop, John. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Let's, uh, let's see you next week. I want to thank you all very much for watching, and keep searching for more light. Have a good night. Wow. Are you shoot?